Okay. My breath smells like cat food. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bloody Podcast. I am your host, Maria Felix. And <laughs> my co-host, Lori Roggenkamp. And our resident guest, the sexiest cat around, Cash of Dubai. Yeah, it's gonna, I, <laughs> I feel like that Cash's statement is going to be kept in. And yes. I just would like people to know that, that there was no pre-conversation where that <laughs> that was warranted. Yes, he, it was apropos he, of nothing. He just, uh, he just decided <laughs> to throw that in there, so... In case how I do. Everyone has their favorite snacks. Don't judge. Mm-hmm. Don't judge him. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. It's it's food is in the name. Yeah. Cat food. I mean, it's better. It's that's that makes it better. I'm a cool cat. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <but> today. <laughs> today we're talking about um, Deborah Rudabau. Wabau. Rudabau. Rudabau. And so to talk about Deborah, we're going to have to start with her her second husband, which was World War II Navy vet Marion Rudy Rudabau. Marion bought and ran what he dubbed the 7-Eleven Ranch. It was a 700-acre property in Gunnison, Colorado, worth around $3 million. It sat at the base of the mountains. A creek ran through it. And he cared for the sprawling meadows on the property, on which he also ran a very successful business or uh, a very successful hunting guide business mm-hmm. for a few decades. It was said that his house was lined with animal heads, and he even kept a live lioness caged on the property. I don't agree Ugh. with keeping a live lioness on the property. That's crazy. However. I have been around some taxidermied heads, and those things are kind of cool. Cash can't wait to get like an elk head. No, I don't want an elk head. What do you want? I don't know. Something, something that's not too creepy, but like kind of aren't kind of like a wolf's fish. head. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a stuffed carcass in your house, you don't want it to be creepy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. That's That's the last thing you want. I just want to superimpose him to make him look like he's smiling. Cash wants a baby cub head. (laughs) It's not creepy. It's just super cute. It's just so depressing. (laughs) Two little slippers. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Uh, Why are you crying? Well, I just left Cash and Maria's apartment. And uh, I couldn't bear bear to stay in there any longer. Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a dead cub, a dead bear cub in there. (laughs) (laughs) on the wall. So Rudy had four children with his first wife. But um, his first wife later on died. And it seems like she just died of like old age natural causes or whatever. Okay. And then Rudy began talking to Deborah Rudabau. Or Deborah, sorry. Not Deborah Rudabau. And Deb were was, they talking like online like, or? Uh, they were. I think she was like first online, but I think she was local already. Oh, okay. Um, Deb was divorced too and had two young children, Jake and Stephanie. But Rudy was twenty years her senior, so that didn't really seem to matter to them too. And they got married, and Deb and her children moved into the farm where Deb and Rudy decided to homeschool Jake and Stephanie so that they could help out more on the farm instead of being in school. 
This has Lifetime movie written all over it. <laughs> it does. You can see them like meeting at the coffee shop. He's like a little older. She drops a bit of a muffin. He's like, ma'am. <laughs> Except it was said that Rudy was like a really tough kind of asshole dude. And a short little guy. You drop your muffin, bitch. She's yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No. You never no. drop your muffin in the war. <laughs> you know war? what would happen is God that damn well, right. <laughs> somebody, somebody drops their muffin on her. And then she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, yeah, watch where you're going. And then all of a sudden a hand just comes out and grabs the person and shoves him to the window <laughs> and breaks his neck and kills him. And and then they're just, their eyes meet. And he's like, hey, I'm Rudy. And he's just drinking coffee out of like a, you know, a, a kitten, a kitten skull. <laughs> just like, oh I my goodness. mugs. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing Jumanji fatigues. Yeah. What? <laughs> he, he is what the hunter the, in Jumanji wears. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> he's the he's Robin Williams. Robin Williams in Jumanji. Oh yeah. Uh, so he's, he's, he's just he's goes. The real, ah! <laughs> no, he's like he he's like that. Though that story was that that story was made after me. I was the, ah. he's the real kid. <laughs> Wait, so is he the kid or is he the hunter? The hunter is he's the a kid. What? I no. need to rewatch Jumanji. The the dude, there's a dude, there's a hunter in the first one that hunts oh, the kids. Oh, 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 oh! You're yeah, talking like, about? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah there's the a hunter. I thought you were talking about like the uh, Robin uh, Williams character. Yeah, I okay, don't, so I don't remember the, exactly what he does. He's like stuck in the game, right? Yeah, for like years. Yeah, yeah. He's like the Tarzan of the game. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, he, uh, there real quickly, there was a girl who used to work at Iowa West who said she didn't like to, didn't want to go see the the never watch the musical Rent because it was made after her friends. What? Did something bad happen in Rent? I thought they just paid their rent and that was the. <laughs> no, something oh, bad no. happens in Rent, oh, but like, God. who does she think she is? She said she grew up in New York around that time. Yeah. So did everybody else. Uh Uh-huh. And that her friends were exactly like the characters from Rent. Uh And she she was disgusted that they used her story to make a profit. Look, I'm not going to pretend to know the exact story of Rent. I know that it's a bunch of poor art kids that uh, like constantly have trouble paying rent. And then like one of at least one of them dies from AIDS. Right. Is that kind of thing? Several of them have AIDS, but one of them dies of AIDS. Spoiler Several of them have AIDS. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so she says all her friends. Yeah. All her friends were the friends from Rent. Yeah. This was that her, sounds like it was her story. That sounds like something like some bitch from iOS would say. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Samantha. I'm kidding. Samantha. <laughs> Carrie. Some woman named Samantha's just like, <gasps> Miranda. What's funny is we know a Samantha. So randomly she might oh, listen yeah. to the podcast and go, what? <laughs> well, it's definitely not that Samantha. That Samantha would not make up such ridiculous lies about herself because she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's also such a weird thing to be like, to just like pick a movie or a play and just say like, oh yeah, that's about that's about me, that's yeah. me. 
That was that was me like a few years ago. Like I had a totally different life. <laughs> I was Elsa. Yeah. And I let it go. And that's why I'm here today. And now I'm doing improv. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was how you introduced yourself. I will be to be fair. <laughs> that's my story. I was a dude. <laughs> so they move into the farm and then the kids are homeschooled and the kids are homeschooled up until high school. When Jake finally attends a regular school. Finally. Although painfully shy, he quickly became friends with Adam, with Adam Kathyser and Antranik Ajarian. And the two were actually, the three of them were lifelong friends, having remained close long after high school. Bros. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's friends recall often thinking that his family was odd. They told the Denver Post that they recall seeing them scrape up roadkill to feed to their lion and that they were witness to Deb berating Jake more than once in front of, like, in front of other people. She didn't care. Oh, that poor lion. Oh. Yeah. So gross. What a shitty diet. It's a lion. It's a lioness. It's like deserves a real life. Mm-hmm. And real food. Mm-hmm. It gets sadder for the lion. I'm because leaving. then they, what? Then what? Did you say you don't give a fuck about the line? I said I'm leaving. I don't want to hear bad things happen. Oh. To the <laughs> crazy? I love lionesses. <laughs> this, so is the, na- this is the story that makes you want to leave? All right. Yeah, okay. right? <laughs> I mean, it's like when a dog dies in the movie. Mm. Like, don't hurt the dog. Um, What's the ending? For, as for the- I'm like, kill the dog, save the flowers. <laughs> the flowers? Flowers. Yeah, whatever else. I'm like, the dog's annoying. Kill the dog. Let's move on. Oh, that's because you can't enjoy dogs because you're allergic to them. I'm not as allergic as cats, but yeah, I'm not a fan of dogs. For sure. You, know? <laughs> you seem to like our dogs just fine. Is that a... Is I, that like, a I like my friend's dogs. You know, it's, it's, a like, facade. it's like... No, it's just like I don't... In a movie, I have no connection with the dog. I have no connection with any animal in a movie. So it's like, why do I... Unless, well... I will say that the Chipmunks movies, I did cry at every single Chipmunks movie. So, oh my god, what yeah, that? Such a weird person. The CGI ones. Yeah. What? Because the they're they're so afraid and they're so tiny, and I was just they're like, hideous. Aww. They're ugly little CGI things. Rodents. They're so like cute, and they're like oh, they're like what the one where the the squeakquel where the girl has to go in and get the treasure, and she's like terrified, no. and she's singing a song to make herself brave. No, oh, I didn't see I it. Was, I, didn't I see called it. like a little girl. My cousins I... left the movie theater. Yeah, because it sucked. No, or because, because you we were, were crying. Like, so you're embarrassing us. You're you're an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, you're a loud crier, so I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not like tears rolling down your cheeks. No, you're just screaming at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot. Yeah. Good times. Aren't your um, cousins like little kids? They're older now, which is sad. What the <laughs> so, uh, younger one or the oldest one is uh, 20, just turned 20. Wow. They were like, four, she was like 14, 13, 14 when this happened. So. And you begged her to take you to the movies? <laughs> yes. I was like, come on, uh, let's see the squeak wall. 
like, no, we're good. We don't need it. So I just promised them a lot of candy. Yeah. Well, uh, back to the lion, at least for now. <laughs> um, the neighbors Guys, complain. I have a hard out. I have a Stop. hard out. <laughs> Stop. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know you know what, guys? The neighbors shot the lion. Okay? They oh. complained. They complained that it scared the livestock and somebody drove by from the highway and shot the lion. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I appreciate the way you told us. Thank you. <laughs> so take that, stupid ass chipmunks. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they I guess they'd be happy about that. They'd be fed to the lion. That's in the true. first place. <laughs> That's horrible that a neighbor came by and shot the lion. Wow. It's, yeah, that's sad. And the story's not even about the lion. I just thought that was a sad fact. Well, thank you. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so then Rudy died in 2009. And he left some money and the ranch to Deb and the kids. He also left money to his four first children. And he even bought Steph... Now grown and married, uh, a house in Denver. This guy's got a lot of fucking cash. He had a lot of money. Yeah, he he did. He had a really successful hunting business. So he passed away. He left everybody a piece of something. Nice. Which is you know the best you can hope to do. Class act. Yeah. Yeah. As for Stephanie, she I guess like soon after or like soon before his death, she met and married. A carny named Dave Jackson. <laughs> David Jackson. Okay. He worked the paintball booth. <laughs> <laughs> booth. I huh? I always thought of paintball as like a like a range. But it's just I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You like, think, I think what, I know what it is. I what? think I know what it is. You know how they have some of those like guns where you can set up and shoot like the water targets and stuff like that with yeah. water. They probably have something different with paint guns. No, that yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But like, don't mm-hmm. when you go say go paintball, usually it's like you shoot other. I've never heard. I that's funny. I've never heard of like a where you just shoot paintball at that could end badly for sure. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what the paintball booth is slang for. Let's get into we, it. We we are not carnies. Let's unpack this. I got time. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Move on. Sorry. Sorry. As for Jake, uh, Jake continued to work on the farm. One of his friends said Jake got pigeonholed into working there on the ranch. It was just expected that he would stay there when Rudy died. He hadn't been paid in 20 years. He didn't like working on the ranch. He wanted wanted to rig out and see some of the world. That's what his friend Adam said. After a few years, Jake did leave to work on an Alaskan fishing boat for three months. Not see really some the world. Yeah, but I mean, it's a lot different than growing up on one farm for like, you know, people don't like, according to his friends, like people don't leave Gunnison normally. You know, you you stay, you stay and you live, you work the farm the rest of your life. Yeah. Um. So he left, he worked on an Alaskan fishing boat for a few months and he came back, but he ended up having to put all his money right back into the farm because the farm is constantly falling into disarray. Ugh. Because it's just him that's supposed to be taking care of it. Like, Deb is there, but she's one lady, and she's starting to get older, so she's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. 
And then the Carney and Steph are over in Denver, Colorado. And I guess because he had Rudy had left the ranch to Deb, it's not like the um, his other kids from his previous marriage had any incentive to come take care of the ranch, you know? Yeah. Um, so he stayed in Gunnison. He continued to work side jobs like uh, wood cutting and stuff and help and but his full-time job remained to like to take care of the ranch um so with all that work because the guy's just constantly working jake relied on his friends for downtime he was often the designated driver and he was happy to play pool and drink a and drink a coke while at the bar um he just liked hanging out with his friends that was the main thing and he actually got so clingy with his friends at one point that his friend's wife, like his friend Adam's wife, was like, he needs to stop coming over all the time because he's coming over too much. <laughs> and his other friend, um, Anarchian, I believe I said, like started getting a little annoyed because like he would show up at home and like Jake would already be waiting for him to hang out, you know. And like we're talking about guys in their 20s at this point. So it's not like when you're a kid – and this is kind of expected, you know? Yeah. Oof. But his friends had failed, even after they had seen the way that his mom treated him, they had failed to put together that probably Jake was probably just looking for other places to feel happy and safe without having to be at home all the time because his home life was so miserable. This is mom berating him all the time. You know? He's looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he Aww. just wants to be, yeah, he just wants to be with his friends. It's just a little too much, you know. Like uh, Jake also took up jujitsu, and his instructor said that Jake never missed a single practice. He was always early, and he was always there. And although Jake could be seen, seen as clingy, he really did have a large group of friends, and he was very much loved. And everybody knew that he was a good, reliable guy. Thank you, Sensei. <laughs> that's not what his friends said. That's just what I'm oh, saying. Oh, that's what the sensei said. Like they just his friends, his sensei just said that he was there all the time. He never missed practice. He was a dedicated student. <laughs> but at home, Deb and Jake had obviously not been getting along for years. To make things worse, Jake and his sister's husband. Dave, the carney, did not get along. Jake had always thought that Steph could do better, and he didn't trust Dave. And although they had their own house, they moved back into the ranch in 2012, which made things even worse. So supposedly they had moved in because Deb was diagnosed with cancer, right? So they moved in to help. Mm-hmm. But it just, it really, it, it just soured things between Jake and Dave even more. Jake told his friends that Dave had at one point even pulled a gun on him and held it to his head. Oh, jeez. That doesn't sound like carny behavior. <laughs> no. They're normally so chill. Yeah. <laughs> and Jake even tried taking out a restraining order against Dave. So around that same time when he tried taking out the restraining order... Dave and Steph moved back out of the ranch, and this time they moved into an apartment in Gunnison. 
And then Jake dropped the restraining order on him, which is interesting that they moved to an apartment in Gunnison. It makes because nobody ever mentions what happened to the house that Steph was given mm-hmm. by Rudy. It's like they they fuck it. Did they like let it fall into weird carny disarray? Is that a thing? <laughs> Yeah, not only a thing, it is a great band. Um, <laughs> I would love for that to be an HGTV show called Carney Disarray, where <laughs> people go to Carney houses and just try and get them get their <laughs> mobile homes fixed up. Yeah, try to get all seventeen clowns out of the bathroom. Yeah, see, I pu- I put some shiplap. <laughs> In this paint booth. <laughs> Paintball booth. I feel like it'll really highlight the... Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ambiance. 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 So then, in the days prior to his murder, Jake had twisted his ankle in jujitsu and had to pull out of the tournament that weekend. It's a real shame. For multiple yeah. reasons. So I apologize and say like it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll just I'm say serious. I'll just say outright that if he hadn't have twisted his ankle, he'd probably still be alive. He might still be alive today. No. Which is super sad. Super sad. So instead that weekend, he hung out with his friends and they hung out Friday, Saturday night. And after a round of pool, after one like one of the last rounds of pool, they left on meeting up the next day. Like he left, like he said he was gonna meet up with his friend Randy. And then on the night of May 16th, 2015, around 2.29 or at 2.29 p.m. or a.m. Sorry, 2.29 a.m. He, Jake sent his last text to a friend of his, which was something benign. They were just talking about music and they left it off again on they were meeting up the next, the next day to hang out. But his friend didn't hear from him. Randy didn't think much of it because he just figured out oh, maybe he got busy working on the farm or whatever. So he didn't uh, he didn't follow up. Mm-hmm. But then a few days passed and nobody had heard from Jake. His martial arts group returned from their tournament and were back in practice and there was no sign of Jake. So once the most consistent student at the gym, Jake was now nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. After the after the first week, his friends went looking for him at the ranch. And they saw Jake's dog, who he loved, who slept by his side every night, but no sign of Jake. When they asked his mom where he when they asked Deb where he was, she started telling them all kinds of things. Basically, it started becoming where if like for every day they returned, she would change her story. The first time they came by, he she said something about how he went to go help his grandparents, uh, like for for a few weeks. Second time they come by, and she says that he went backpacking in New Mexico with his dad Ray. And then the police start contacting her because the friends are making a bigger deal out of it, you know, like they're pushing for the police to contact to and to look for Jake even though no official missing per- missing person report has been filed yet. Um, and then she starts telling the police that he showed up, like she does remember that he showed up 
and he t- he packed a bunch of camping gear. He took a bunch of food and like somebody else was with him that she didn't recognize. And then they just took off and that he had said that he was starting over. And then another time the friend showed up again and she said that as he was leaving, his phone fell in an irrigation ditch and she had picked up the phone, but he didn't return for it. And she showed them the phone in a bag of rice that she had put it in rice for him until he returned. Uh, so she just kept changing her story over and over and over. He said he and was starting like, over. He took off. That's so, that's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. Also, it's like weirdly specific. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like, yeah. So, so I showed him the bag of rice and he said, that's not the kind of rice that I usually buy. I usually go to Whole Foods and I usually <laughs> get their rice. And it's like, well, yeah. I go, you know what? I, Whole Foods is not by my house. So I don't know what you want me to say. Okay. I go to this Mexican <laughs> uh, grocery store now that's by my house. It used to be a Ralph's, but now it's a, a Mexican. Or I don't remember. I never remember the name. So I just call it Mexican grocery store. Okay. So that's what I call it. All right. I don't know what you want me to say. It's like, wait, what happened to your son? It's like, uh, were you not hearing about the rice? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been talking about the rice. Exactly about the rice. Yeah. <laughs> the package says arroz. <laughs> it, just, it just reminds me when I was a kid and I would just lie so much. And my mom would always, and I'd always go into it going, I'm going to get over on my mom. And my mom would ask just like one question. Like, I think I told her one time that I went with a friend somewhere. And she goes, uh-huh. what's your friend's name? And I was like, oh, I did not think she was going to ask me a name of this imaginary friend. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I was just like, uh, let me think about it. Because uh, we call her like so many different names. <laughs> like, well, froze. Where were you really? <laughs> I went to the beach with, uh, so we had like, my brother had zero period, but I didn't have, I didn't have anything. So we drove to zero period and then I took his car to the beach and then he told mom, my mom that I took his car and left campus. And so my mom was like, well, where the hell did you go? And I didn't want to tell her that I went that far away from school. So I think oh, I said yeah, that yeah. we went like to a friend's house to study or something. Yeah. And I thought you were saying like, you were like a little kid, like 11. No, <laughs> no. Driving, I was like 17. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a really good driver at 11. I drove really young. It's fine. Some people yeah. call my friend race racetrack. Yeah, I personally call her Medelia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was just me going. Oh. And that was like literally the 20 hundredth time that I had made somebody up and people go, what's their name? And I'd be like, oh, why do people keep asking for names? <laughs> like, I would just, I made up a cousin one time and they're like, what's her name? And I was like, oh, and I couldn't think of anything. And I just was like, what? So then I started like going like, I got to have a name. So, <laughs> not that I should stop lying. It's that I should come up with a name first. That was the yeah. big takeaway. From it all. sounds like you and Deb are about on par with the lying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so friends continued their own investigations. Mm-hmm. They contacted everyone outside the ranch that Jake knew, and absolutely, obviously, nobody had heard from him. And Deb kept making up stories for the police. She said that Jake was seriously addicted to drugs for years. Much like Lori, she was like, maybe shrooms or cocaine. I think it was maybe even steroids. She just kept going with like, oh, I was saying that I was addicted to drugs. And I was like, wait, what? Maybe steroids, probably <laughs> steroids. <laughs> maybe whippets. I don't know. Whippets. I was, I had a serious addiction to Excedrin. I used to take up. I remember. Excedrin. 
Yeah. I remember. That wasn't that long ago. No. I'm glad you overcame it. I've been I've been a year sober. Wow. From taking like 20, 25 excedrins a day. That's way too That's, much. I don't know how your yeah, heart uh, didn't explode. Yeah. So wow. just so I mean for those of you that see that, but see that right there is the reason why I never tried hard drugs because I would like, I literally would go around school begging people for a dollar so I could get a diet Coke. And I was just like, if I'm willing to do this for a diet Coke, what would I be willing to do for heroin? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sucked it. But you don't have a problem. (laughs) No, I have any problems. (laughs) Deb also said that they had fought a lot and that he had become more aggressive with her that he had on multiple occasions choked her into unconsciousness and threatened to kill her if she didn't rewrite her will to leave everything to him. Deb finally filed a missing persons report in October, six months after Jake's disappearance. <laughs> she got around to it. That's she, nice. Yeah. She, she like, <clears throat> and then with this particular deputy that contacted her, after, like, in the, as a follow-up to the missing persons report, um, Deb told this told this deputy that Jake had taken all her food on top of a bunch of most of her supplies. And she did that thing where she lied too much. And, like, the deputy, there's a recording of it. You could hear it online. And the deputy's like, like so what do you take? Like, like all your Chef Boyardee or something. She's like, yeah, yeah. He took all my Chef Boyardee, all the SpaghettiOs. <laughs> like, <laughs> he took everything, everything. Oh, what a horrible monster. He took the Go-Gurts. He took the Dunkaroos. <laughs> all the crocodiles. Now if I want yogurt on the go, I'm fucked. <laughs> she said that this time, she said that Jake had told her that he was going to Vegas to study martial arts. But that now it had been so many months without her hearing from him that she was worried that something happened to him out there because he was such a shady character most of the time. Um, But then when the deputy asked her, like, when was the last time you talked to your son? Her answer was, "Uh, I'd have to, like, look at a calendar. I'm not sure. It was sometime, like, sometime early, like... The twentieth, oh she said she was like the twentieth, and then the, <laughs> the deputy's like of September because it's October, and she's like no 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 no, and then he she said like a few months ago, and the deputy kind of leads her on. She's like like May. She's like yeah yeah yeah, like May. And I'm sorry, they're both females. I keep saying he for the deputy, but it was a female. October? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Like the twentieth of May. May? Yes, that's it. Oh, twentieth of May. All right. The whole time she's looking at her, just like, "Ah, you, you know, you're, you're fucking this up. It's terrible. She's a terrible liar. Wow. I mean, just come up with a date. Like, why? Yeah. Why be like so laissez faire about it? Why be like, I don't know. I would be like, yeah, May 20th of last year. You know, just like, you know, I don't yeah. know. She needs to lie more, I guess. She <laughs> not she was not good at it. I think that much like you, she didn't expect people to keep asking her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she thought that like, okay, now they'll be done with it. And then yeah. she'll she'll be like, 
then they're like okay so what what date did he disappear and she's like oh my fucking god jesus christ it's like you guys are like (laughs) you guys are like a dead dog in my ex my dead husband's house with a bone yeah i want to say may uh (laughs) <laughs> i want to say may but i think it's just because i like me yeah yeah i like the month of may it sounds nice <laughs> yeah so uh sometime after jake's disappearance dave asks his friend jeremy to move into the ranch and like be basically be a ranch hand there's a couple of other ranch hands on on the property and Jeremy is one of them. Um, and he lives and he works on the ranch. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens. And then the police, now growing suspicious of Deb, start looking further into the disappearance of Jake. And they don't find much. But they find something weird on his sister Stephanie's Facebook page. They find that on the day, on the last day, of like Jake being basically the day after his disappearance, Stephanie posted a status update that said something, and I don't have it the right, the exact wording with me, but it said like, have you ever received such great news? Like as soon as waking up that like, you knew like the world, the day was going to be incredible. It was something like that. Something stupid. (laughs) And then she, she also posted something about big changes are coming for the Rudabau family. Wow. Further investigation from the police showed that she also received a text from somebody, and we can assume that it was that it was her mom around three seventeen a.m. on the night of Jake's what we will know what we will come to find out is his murder. That said, it's time to play. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Wow. So the. The two, Jake, or sorry, Steph and Dave, after Jake's disappearance, they, they moved back in not too long after again, right? To help out on the ranch. And Deb is still sick with cancer. So she needs a lot of help. Oof. And then they also found through more social media stuff, Dave, not like literally weeks after Jake's disappearance, Dave is posing with Jake's Harley Davidson on social media. His friends are like, first of all, he repainted it and he would have never let Jake or Dave repaint it because he was part of the vintage paint on the Harley. And second of all, he would have never let Jake or Dave touch the fucking bike because he hates Dave. Mm -hmm. So now the dude's like taking the bike around town and shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, I would do the same thing. I mean, when you're dead, I don't care, you know. If, I don't care if somebody's like, I fucking hate you. You're never touching my shit. Once they're dead, I'm touching all their shit. Like, you're dead. What are you going to do? <laughs> Come back to life? No. So, just for everybody away, who hates the mice me. Will play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so a, the end, yeah, the mice will play. Cowardly <laughs> my, mouse. Wait until you're dead. So the friend, like the friends, are interviewed even further now that they're, the police are taking the investigation more seriously, and the police now learn that Jake was afraid of Dave, and that the and they also learn that he took up jujitsu because he was afraid of Dave. He wanted a way to defend himself against Dave, mm. uh, and they learn all about the gun incident and all that. 
And even like, but this is all really circumstantial stuff. So really two years pass and the case basically goes cold, you know, with the investigation goes nowhere. Yeah. But then the friends keep at it. There's a couple of friends that just keep bugging the police and it's a small sheriff station. It's, you know, it's not. So I think they actually listened to them out there or something. Mm -hmm. And like the prosecutor picked up a case two years later. Those are good friends. Yeah. They even started a Facebook page. They're like, where is Jake Millicent? Wow. Yeah. Really good friends. They really loved him. So that's nice. Yeah. They, and then of course they see that Deb, like Deb and Steph are changing their story almost every single day. Steph, the sister told different people that he was like either in Portland or Seattle. And then we all heard Deb's crazy stories. There's like 10 of them. Well, it's true. <laughs> and Jeremy, the what the ranch hand that was lit, that was hired to be on the farm or whatever, he said he later told authorities that whatever happened to Jake was like dinner time conversation to Deb and Steph and Dave. They would just make up different theories about what happened to Jake, right? And then one time, according to Jeremy, and I think this might be a stretch, but maybe it did happen. He says that he joked, what if Deb killed him and buried him out somewhere on the farm? And that the ha- the room went cold. Hmm. And everybody went quiet. And just stared at him. Wow. So he backed off the joke. <laughs> then he says, in May of 2017, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Jeremy was working a part of the farm with one of those electronic backhoe or like those things you drive that dig up the dirt, a backhoe, I guess it's called. And out like near him are Dave and Steph and they're looking down at something and he walks up on them and he sees that they're looking down at a rib cage in the dirt. Ooh. And he says to them, is that what I think it is? And then Steph kind of like freaks out and she like takes two hands, two handfuls of manure near her and like throws it on the ribcage. And she's like, I don't know what it is. I'm going to go ask mom what he, what she thinks of it. I'll be right back. I'll be back. Why would you even, well, first of all, you're staring at it. You're just fucking standing there. They're just standing there like two dopes staring at it. Like two fucking dopes. <laughs> mouth agape. Yeah. If I was Jeremy, I would fucking run. Yes, right? Trot your ass to the car and be like, hello, officer. You could tell Jeremy's had a shady past too because he's like, I didn't want to tell on them. I didn't call the police right away because they were like family to me. And it's like, "Mm -mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm. you work Mm -mm. for these people and you live in the trailer on their property. This is as far away from family as you can get. Jeremy's broken. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, I just I don't understand this whole loyalty to family I guess maybe because my family <laughs> is not the, the loyalist of people but if like my dad joked about killing my mom I would rat him out in a fucking second like I would be on the phone to the police like yeah. In, yeah. in a heartbeat Yeah, like who gives a shit if he's my dad like if he killed somebody he killed somebody 
Well, let's not forget that Jeremy is Dave's friend. Okay, so Jeremy is probably some kind of carny too. Hey, you know they have a carny code. The, the carny code. Uh, the, the carny code. Oh, that's another. That's a dating uh, <laughs> show where it's just all carnies and their love lives. The carny code. Well, I love it. Carny code. Yeah, <laughs> they spent like seven days in a mansion <laughs> on an they island. Turn it, they turn it into a circus. Yeah. It's, just, it's what we know. Yeah. It's all we know. So then Jeremy says that Steph comes back a few minutes later and that Deb says that it's probably an animal rib cage or something. Mm. And they cover it up more with dirt and then they just don't talk about it. And then later that night, when they're all hanging out after dinner, Steph tells Jeremy that she believes that the ribcage belongs to her brother and then follows it up with saying, you know, you can never leave now, right? <gasps> I just yeah. love these interactions because you know it was just like, hey, so it's hot, right? The, the weather. <laughs> so the ribcage is from, I'm pretty sure my brother's. Um, Excuse me? Anyways, uh, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I, uh, you know, oh, I like that shirt. Where'd you? I'm thinking about getting one for date. Where'd you get that shirt? I, I think Walmart. I think that's a cute shirt. Thank Walmart. You. Oh, great. Uh, you know they have so many great things out here. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go. You can never leave. Uh, I'm gonna go. What? <laughs> what? Can I go to Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> Better not be returning that shirt. <laughs> that is a good look on you, sir. Also, uh, make sure that that rib cage was hidden. Okay. All right. See you later. Don't leave. Yeah. Um, That's a okay. rough situation. Yeah. Just is it such weird? Okay. This is why I, I just think about. <laughs> I just think about myself if I in this situation if I tried to do it and I just feel like I would fail miserably because I'd be like, oh, oh, so awkward uh i'm sorry to bring this up this is so awkward um but uh you can't leave uh don't hate what but you're gonna yes you can oh all right (laughs) okay fine what never mind how can i I said something let's go get your pull leg what will happen wait what will happen if i leave (laughs) that's it i have to go see my mom Next week. No, no. Your mom said. <laughs> what? Your what? mom Kyle called me and she said that she died because oh. you are a disappointment. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Jerry should have gotten up and just started fucking no. Imagine if he got up and just started punching. Punch <laughs> punching the air. <laughs> no, them. Air them. The food, the table. Everyone. Yeah. So, Jeremy, I guess he did go to the police. He ends up becoming an informant for them, right? And they start building this case against the Rudabows. The prosecutor finally obtains a warrant, but she obtains it in the winter. And this smarty, she's like, I'm going to wait to serve the warrant. Because if she believes... And most of the people involved in the case believe that guy is buried somewhere on the farm. And at this point, they know because it's like, well, there's clearly a rib rib cage somewhere on the farm. Mm -hmm. But she's like, if I serve the warrant in the winter, I can't they can't like dig for the body. Mm. The the ground is frozen over in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So she waits for the snow to melt. 
She waits until July. Also happening in July is a convention of cadaver sniffing dogs coming to town. Get out of here. Yeah. What? Isn't that fun? That is so fucking awesome. Yeah. So she Can waits for the convention. Get tickets to this convention. I would totally I want to get tickets. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I'd be like, what's this guy's name? They're like, don't pet him. I'm like, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Don't touch hey, him. Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Oh, <laughs> I got some Cheez-Its. I just would shower for like several days and just see if they could pick up a scent. And just yeah, go like, lay down. So <laughs> yeah. Like there's a chili dog on my person. Let's see if they can find it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> it's in my shoe. That's so our dream. She, yeah. So the sheriffs, the prosecutor uh, and all these sheriffs, they take the dogs that are coming in for the convention. They take them down to the 7-Eleven ranch. And they serve Deb the warrant. Deb at this point is super sick. She's seventy pounds. Oh. She's uh, she's a she is just a like a shadow of a lady. Ugh. You know. Um, as soon as they serve the warrant and the dog starts sniffing around, she's like, "Yeah, I killed him." <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. She's just like, ugh. Like, I bet she did this. You probably went like, God damn it. All right. I did it. You know what? You beat me out. You beat it out of me. All right. Like, she makes them feel bad about it. Yeah. You beat it out of me. Okay. I fucking killed. All right. Is that what you want to hear? I killed him. Like, just so angry about it. Can I finish my tea? (laughs) Can I? I'm I'm dying. You don't even care. She's tiny. like, you know, the dead eyes coming mm-hmm. to the door and a fucking robe. Mm-hmm. Robe weighs more than her. She's like, hey. yeah, I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> What's the problem? Right. It's it's important to know that sometimes cancer gets the right people. So I think that's. <laughs> hey. Well, Deb says, like, she tells them while they're on the property, she says that she killed Jake in his sleep. Oh. She shot him in the head. Oh. But then she also says that she dragged his body downstairs and outside and used the backhoe to bury his body in a pile of manure. All by myself. All by herself. That's what she says. And the cops are like, there's no way this lady did this. Mm -hmm. She's already tiny to begin with. And then and then she had already like been sickly and died. And like I think I think she already had her cancer diagnosis. Soon at like around the time that he had disappeared, so like she didn't do it. she didn't do it alone at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but she points out like she's like points in some general direction of the farm, and she's like he's buried over there, and the dogs, you know. I think I feel like it's almost anticlimactic for the dogs. So they're like, "Well, she confessed and she said it's over there." Dogs are like, "Oh, come on! It's a convention, man! Like, I'm not from here." <laughs> yeah, you know that they were like those two sh- soldiers at the end of Jarhead, where they're just like, "Just let us find something." Yeah, <laughs> just let us find something. <laughs> so sad. It's <laughs> a rough day for the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the police, um, the sheriff uncovers, they, they take like another backhoe or whatever, and they dig up the remains of Jake that are wrapped in like white plastic sheeting. Mm-hmm. And I find those, it's really sad. 
and they're finally his friends are finally able to give Jake a proper burial because they his it's sad his friends are like we already knew mm-hmm. that he was we were never going to see him again but oh, at least we got closure yeah then uh, uh so the cops charge Stephanie with first degree murder they charge Deb with second degree murder uh, on top of that, once they searched the rest of the property, they found Deb's gun under her bed, and the gun, the ammo in the gun matched the ammo that they found in Jake's body. He, mm-hmm. he was shot in the head. And they found her DNA on the gun. She was sentenced to life. Then Steph, Stephanie pled guilty to aiding and abetting and tampering with a body, and but she said that it was all her mom's idea, and she was sentenced to 24 years in prison. Long time. In November of 2019, Deborah died in prison from her cancer at age 70. Jeez. And Steph remains in prison to this day. Good. So more than likely what happened is that, you know, Deb did shoot her own son. And then Steph, because then she sent that text, it's time to play, which means then Steph and Dave came over and helped her bury the body. Also that Steph would get the farm because originally Deb was going to leave the farm to Jake and Jake was the one that took care of it. So it should have been him that really got the farm. But once Deb and Jake weren't getting along, she decided to leave the farm to Steph and Steph started convincing her to do the same. That is low. It is low. It's just a farm. Sure, it's a three million dollar farm, but this farm. Yeah, Deb Deb killed her own son over it. Damn. Ugh. Well, he probably wanted to turn it into like a dojo or something. Like well, he didn't even thing. want it. Remember? He was like, I don't want to take care of the farm. Oh yeah, that's true. You know? That's why yeah, he spent so, so much time they... at the dojo. Yeah. I'm always here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know why they killed him. I feel like they could have just got, maybe it was a matter of like Jake would say like, you know, the the farm does belong to him and just like out of pride or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, we'll never know why they decided to kill him. And it's really, it was really unnecessary and really sad. Mm-hmm. And that is the story of Deborah Rudabau and the 7-Eleven Ranch. Damn. Wow. I was trying to think of a 7-Eleven slogan, but they don't have one. 7-Eleven, open 24-7. That works. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, what have... Oh, good heaven. Oh, good heaven. Oh, good. That's what oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, good heaven. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, check out the Patreon. We will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.